everyone, I'm Yasmin Nori, and you're listening to the Behind Her Empire podcast. I'm on a mission to showcase successful self-made women who share honest stories and lessons of what it really takes to create the life you want and build your own empire. We're doing another behind the scenes episode today where I hand over the mic to my husband, Drew Perowit, and I'm answering some of your top questions that you submitted on things like what it's like to really build your first business and also what it takes to run this podcast. So I'm here for it all and uh, I'll hand over the mic to my husband. Thank you, sweetie. Appreciate you letting me interview again, (laughs) interview you again. I wanna jump right in. First question is about imposter syndrome. It's a year and a half into your business, Mm-hmm. right? It's a year and a half into your business. How does the idea of imposter syndrome relate, not relate to you? How do you feel about it compared to the beginning? I guess the context behind this question, if I'm looking at what's been being asked, is do you feel more confident of yourself and how you show up? Are you worried, especially you going from finance to tech, now you're in sort of health? Are you worried about how you come across, how do you step into confidence? So let's just start off with the basics. Do you feel more confident? I love that because when you were saying imposter syndrome, my mind kind of went into the confidence piece. And I will say, I don't know if we've mentioned this in another interview we've done together, but starting out in the business, you know, even before we officially launched, I was super insecure about everything that I was doing, right? You're like creating this product, especially around what we were doing it's a seed cycling protocol. It's something that's really hard to educate people on. It's not like I'm selling a good for you water where people know, oh, I'm just going to drink this water. Like we're completely changing and recreating this protocol. Um, So I was like, okay, there's going to be a lot of education here. I don't know if it's going to land with people. So I was very nervous. I was very nervous. Even when we launched I was very nervous. Um, I'm trying to like go back to those days to try to be as transparent as I can be. You know, those days when you're only getting like, you're you're happy about like just having one sale. Like I remember those days. I was so happy and it wasn't like a friend or a family member. And then you get like three sales and then four sales. And I think now the place that we're at, because thousands of women have now been on the product, I just have built that confidence because I know, I knew the this protocol changed my life, but it's a whole nother experience when you are seeing strangers who are using their hard-earned money to buy something and you're changing their lives. So, you know, a year and a half in, I feel really blessed to say that I'm really confident in our product. Um, and now that kind of shifts the way I think about the business versus uh, starting out in early on. And how confident helpful. do you feel as a leader? That's a good question. Leadership is so fascinating. So running the business by yourself, obviously Kea is involved, who's my co-founder, you know, when we had no employees, it was just us figuring things out. And I remember, babe, you look, you told me at some point, you know, I was fulfilling, packing, shipping, marketing operations. And you're like, this is once we started really growing, you're like, this is not sustainable. You need help. And then we, I was lucky enough to hire our first person, you know, and then now we have another person and we just hired another person. So it's been really interesting. We're still super small, but having a team of even like three to four people is really making me think of like, what kind of leader am I? How do I get people excited about what we're doing? How do I make sure that we're all following the same mission? How do I make sure people are in the right roles where they can really shine with what they're good at? Um, So leadership is actually something I'm thinking a lot about. Yeah. I think one thing that happens when people are starting a business is, especially if it's their first business, right? Especially, especially if it's their first business, you are so worried how will you handle a situation that hasn't yet happened because you haven't gone through it before. And just like everything, just like podcasting, just like somebody learning how to public speak, you do it or you start doing a little bit of it and you build confidence because you have all these receipts. You have all these receipts of you showing up and doing it. Even if it wasn't perfect, you did your best. And that gives you confidence for the next thing. You know, we had a mutual guest both on my podcast and your podcast Dr. Joan Rosenberg, Mm -hmm. and she says, you know, confidence is not, you know, everything is going to be totally fine. Yeah. Right. It's not like, oh, yes, everything is going to be totally fine. I can handle anything. Confidence is knowing that even if things don't work out the way you want, you know, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think getting all these reps in a year and a half, dealing with stuff that hasn't worked out. Yeah. 
Give some examples. What are some examples in the business of just even small things that haven't worked out? Think for a second and see if you can give some examples to the audience. I'm going to, I just, I'm on another thought and I want to bring it up because it's important. So you were saying like, I remember being so insecure about bringing on our first employee. I don't know. I mean, if you remember, babe, but you're kind of doing things yourself and you're like, you don't know if you're doing things the right way. And we were, we're still manufacturing the product. And I remember being like, I feel like if I bring someone in, it's kind of like they see everything, like they see all your cards, like you're actually, you feel naked. I I don't know if I'm explaining that in the right way. You feel vulnerable. It's a super vulnerable thing. And that was actually surprising with the first person I brought on. And then you realize like, and then I also had imposter syndrome. Actually, now it's all coming back to me um, about hiring. And I remember I was telling you this. I was like, I don't know who would want to be a part of this because like I was doing every little thing. And listen, running and being part of an early stage startup is not sexy by any means. But what's so fulfilling is if you're really passionate about the people you work with and the mission and what you're driving in this world. Um, But I was really worried. I was like, who wants to do this with me? You know what? Like really not the most, um, just really not the right mindset, but I knew I had to get out of that. And of course, now we've hired more people and I don't have that mindset. So just kind of going back to what you were saying about Dr. Joan Rosenberg, like putting in the reps, building that confidence. I had to take that first step to bring in someone, um, even when we weren't a hundred percent ready, but I knew we needed to like invest in the business early on. And now I don't have those feelings as much. So I don't know. Let's go back to something that you said. Yeah. Let's go back to something you said. You said that bringing somebody on, you felt kind of naked and vulnerable. Yeah. And you said, who would want to do this? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Where do you think that that thought came from? Right? Why did you feel like you were downplaying where you were? Yeah. Because in some respects, people look at it from the outside. Sure, Yeah. yeah. Early stage startup is not as sexy once you're in it, meaning that it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of rolling up your sleeves, but that is actually sexy to a lot of people comparatively to like working in corporate America. So why did you feel in my sort of looking at it, you kind of were like downplaying where you were at or you almost like not giving yourself credit for what you have built. Where do you think that that idea came from? Who would want to be a part of this? Where did that come from? I think I had a lot of fear of like, you know, it was still early in the business. And I think again, like we manufacture the whole thing. I've never done something like this in the past. So I created my own systems and I just felt like, like, somebody might come in and be like, what the fuck is she doing? Is it, is it sort of that you, you're so lucky and you created this, right? And you're so good at this. You're so lucky to interview some of the top women in the world in business every week. And sure, you all know that they started in humble beginnings, many of them making product in their house or doing this or barely scraping by. And then, you know, it took years in most cases to build what is now a legit business with locations in different places, maybe Mm -hmm. hundreds of employees, if not thousands. I'm just asking genuinely, is it because you were comparing yourself to them and thinking like, I'm not there yet? It's not impressive enough to have somebody involved? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that might have been it? It is. Yeah. You know, now that I'm thinking more about it, I think subconsciously without me knowing I was comparing myself because it's like, we're building something great, but why did I have insecurities around bringing somebody in and having fear around that? And I think it's like, yeah, I think, you know, not to cut you off, please. If you have an idea, you can jump in. And, and I want to just share one thing that's totally okay. And so many people go through that, you know, now I'm many businesses in, I'm in like four businesses in, but even in my first business, which was me and my two best friends building an agency. And we had really big clients that were from a mentor of ours who helped kind of bring us into the world of Silicon Valley. We were working with Microsoft and HP and Cisco Systems and all these really big companies. And I was getting the vast majority of work done on this like dinky little laptop that I had at home working in my parents' home because I was saving money because I just dropped out of school and I'm trying to figure out like, what am I trying to do next with my life? And when I was even looking to like bring my two friends on who weren't involved in the business at that time, I was like, oh man, like it's, is is it going to seem like I'm a fraud if they see me just working from my parents, you know, my, my childhood home, my uh, childhood room that I grew up in. I went to college, dropped out, went back in, moved in with my parents, was also helping to take care of my grandfather who was really sick. And it sort of feels like a little bit naked. Yeah. And I, and I'm just sharing that, that a lot of people feel that way, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people go through that. 
and it's totally okay. And you're just to notice it because ultimately yeah. you did end up hiring somebody. So what got you over that hump, right? Yeah. What, what, what pushed you over where you're finally like, I need to bring somebody on. I, you know, it's funny because I guess I was dealing with imposter syndrome at this time. Everything we're talking about that I was going through is imposter syndrome. So I, I did deal with it. Um, what brought me to finally pull the trigger was two things. One of them, I was nearing burnout. I don't think it was sustainable for me to like continue doing what I was doing and doing everything. And I knew if I stayed the course, the business would not grow to the magnitude that I would want it to grow. So I had to pull the trigger to bring in somebody. But really what got me excited about it and, you know, one thought that comes to mind is we were talking about, you know, you were saying, yeah, this is not sustainable. You should bring someone in. And I was like, OK, I, I really need to focus on this. And for me, I'm all about momentum. So I was really excited about this. And I remember posting on my stories just to, like, keep myself accountable, like, hey, I'm looking for someone part time to hire. And I found somebody, Monica who was just such a great fit. So I think like if I didn't find the right fit of someone who, you know, is excited about working with us and doing what we're up to, I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger, but truly like the universe aligned and I found the most perfect person who was also in LA um, to kind of work with me in the early stages of the business. So it, it just, it worked out in all cases. You know, you said something earlier, which was that you said like, if I really want this to grow, yeah. I have to be willing to let go of control. Yes. Right? Yes. And bring somebody on. Because at the end of the day, yeah. you have to ask yourself in any business, like, what's genuinely, yeah. if I want to grow this thing, and not everybody wants to, to grow. They might be happy where they're at. But if you want to grow this thing, what are you uniquely mm-hmm. designed to do that are your skill sets that if you double and triple down on that, that will have exponential impact on the business comparatively to if you get better at something that you could easily sort of hand off to somebody else. Right. Yeah. And I think that you hit this point just seeing from the outside where you were like, okay, if I really care about this thing, I need to even let go yeah. of a lot of the busy work that I'm doing. That's filling my day. That is making me feel good. Like I'm getting a lot of stuff done versus jumping into the scary stuff. Yes. Yes. Right. You know, we, we talked about this before, but there's this Marianne Williamson quote. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just read it out real quick. I won't go through the whole thing, but it's a famous quote. It's from her book, A Return to Love, Reflections on the Principles of a Course in Miracles. So the quote says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness yeah. that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Mm-hmm. You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to manifest, to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And she kind of continues and continues. But I love the whole idea from that quote. It's that that we're afraid that we're inadequate, we're actually afraid of how brightly we will mm-hmm. shine. What if you shine so bright that the business grows? What if everybody's yeah. paying attention to you? What if your dreams start to come true? What if you start to build? What if you start to impact people's lives? Sometimes that's scary for people. Totally. Yeah, I, I love this. I, we actually were talking about it in episode, I think it was 140 with Gala Darling. I really love that episode. We were talking all about this. Um, but it's so true. Like you get you're in your business and you become really good at certain things. In early stage, it was like operations. You lean into it. You're busy. You finally get into the groove of it. And then I brought in somebody to kind of take that over. And it's like really letting go of control. Like not everything is going to be perfect, but kind of like, I don't have kids, but as a parent, you need your kid to kind of learn and you need to let go or else the business doesn't flourish and they don't figure out what to do. Um, But I, I definitely had a sense of control. I was able to let go. And it's always scary because then it's like, okay, I did the layer one of the business. The the foundation is there. What's next? It's like putting yourself in an unknown and it's figuring out, okay, like what do we need to do to get to the next step? I don't have all the answers, right? It's scary to be in that position, but I'm always trying to learn from people, um, listen to podcasts myself and really remind myself that, especially since we're so focused now on awareness and marketing, like 
always testing and doing different things. And now that I've hired a few different people and we're now in different stages, it's like, I will always hit that stepping stone. So then it's like, okay, let's double down on content. Let's do a YouTube show. I don't know how to do a YouTube show, but let me do it with my co-founder. And then we finally now know how to do it. And now it's like, okay, what's next? And like always putting yourself in this unknown an uncomfortable situation. And to be honest, like every time I'm thinking about the next stage in the business, even though it's such a beautiful thing, there's always some fear around it of like, what do I do next? All right, what's the next move? It, it's getting a little bit easier as I've kind of put myself in these more uncomfortable new stages of the business. But it's always something I kind of think about. But I really try my best to force myself to be in this unknown because I know it's only going to benefit the business. And I cannot naturally always do the day-to-day operations, which I naturally am, I leaned into. Um, that's kind of like my go-to. I know if I stick there, then the business is not going to grow. And I'm, I'm really passionate about making this just like an incredible business to just change, to have the, the capacity to change so many more women's lives. What is your one or two things that you feel you're super uniquely built for that actually genuinely can have a major impact on the business that I'm not saying that other people can't do it, but like, this is what you're meant to do. What's your clarification? What's your clarity on that? So you talked about like the daily operations, which would be like packing, shipping, replying to customer support tickets, which is really important. That's important stuff, right? But we don't want to fill our entire day up with that. Supply chain. Supply chain, management of all that stuff, right? Getting back to people. Okay, great. Those are important things that are there, right? What is the one or two things that like, like, you know, that if you double down on and that you have doubled down on that significantly makes an impact that may not be the easiest thing to immediately do, but it's what you're uniquely designed to do. You know, that's a question I think about all the time, babe. And and you know that, but, and I think about it, like also what is energizing for me, like what comes naturally, which is similar to kind of your question, I guess, of what is unique to you and what is energizing to you that you can make a big impact. You know, I'm still thinking about it. I'd love to get your perspective. But if I had to say, you know, I feel like I do a pretty good job figuring things out. And I know that sounds really basic, but I have this this underlying confidence that if I want to learn something, I know how to do it. I know how to figure it out. Not that I know how to do it. And I know I'm not going to be an expert. I'm not trying to be an expert in in anything. But I know that I love genuinely reaching out to people and learning from people. I mean, you guys see it from the podcast. Like I love learning and connecting with people. So that comes a little naturally to me. Um, And if I need to understand marketing or want to pick you know, one of my friend's brains who has a business on something specific with retention. Um, I really get joy from that of just like learning and figuring things out. So I would say maybe that is one thing I enjoy. Um, Another one, I really enjoy, which is so crazy because I never would have known I actually like this until I did the podcast and I never would have thought I had a podcast. So I'm just bringing this up because sometimes you don't realize what your superpowers are and you don't realize what lights you up until you try different things. But I really enjoy learning again, going back to kind of learning something impactful and like putting it out there in the world. Right. So with Bia, for example, we are interviewing all these incredible women experts and doctors, and I get so much joy asking the questions that everybody wants to know and like magnifying certain content that I feel so passionately about that I think that no one is really having enough conversations about. So even though it's so hard to run a business, maintain this Behind Our Empire podcast, and now do another podcast, it's tough, but like it really lights me up. And I feel like it's something that I just genuinely enjoy. I don't know if I'm good at it, but I'm doing it. And I feel really good about putting certain conversations out there because, you know, whether it's business or health and hormones, I'm always thinking, why aren't, why don't we know this shit? Like, how, like, why are we not equipped with this at a younger age? So that really fires me up. Yeah. I think those are two things you said that I see and want to reflect back on you reaching out to people and being willing to say like, Hey, genuinely, I'm starting from square one. I'm not afraid to ask the dumb questions, right? A lot of people in this world would benefit from that, men included, right? Just going out. Like I tell all my friends, like I have friends that have sold businesses for 50, 100, $200 million 
businesses and they're getting into a new sector, let's say like health, and they'll call me with the most basic questions That's because great. they're trying to understand it. They're not trying to pretend yeah. that they that they know everything. That always gets in our way. So going in, asking questions, outreach to people, not being scared to reach out to someone genuinely and ask for help or ask for guidance and then amplifying content that you feel. One of your classic phrases that I hear from you on a regular basis, yes. which is so beautiful, which is that why don't more people talk about yes. this? Why don't more women know about this? I literally say plug, this like once a day. Do like, you want to plug your uh, YouTube show that's out now? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's on the podcast. We Our YouTube show, I put it on the podcast every Wednesday. So I now have two episodes a week. Um, but yeah, it's with Kea, who's my sister-in-law and co-founder of Bia. And we really just interview just such incredible women and we talk all things women's health wellness hormones um and it's been really really fun it's been really really fun amazing all right we're gonna pivot real quick and we're gonna talk about feeling overwhelmed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do you handle oh, feeling overwhelmed how often yeah do you feel overwhelmed yeah this is a really good question um it's something I deal with often and I can't wait to get your perspective on this because you see it. So I would say I, I, I feel overwhelmed maybe two times a week. And I will say, and again, I'm all about hormones and understanding our bodies. The second half of my cycle, it's not that I have like serious anxiety, but I definitely feel way more overwhelmed gearing up to my period. And I know it's a function of hormones. So even having that awareness is like a superpower for me and not like beating myself up about it. But I do feel I do feel overwhelmed quite often, actually. <laughs> no, it's good that you're honest about it, because I think that a lot of people feel overwhelmed, especially in the first business, especially yeah. when you're taking on a new task. Even there's people that are listening here that are not starting a business, but they're doing something new in their life. Yeah. And it can be overwhelming, mm -hmm. right? Not to mention that probably one of the most overwhelming things is having a kid, mm -hmm. right? And that is a whole other conversation. When we have our kid in the future, we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. We'll talk a lot about whatever <laughs> that's going to look so like. So I think it's good to be honest. It's good to be honest. And I think that sometimes, um, you know, to take a little tangent and bring in a little bit of a male perspective, I think sometimes the cultural conversation is that, um, you know, oh, do do women feel more overwhelmed than men? And I can just tell you, you know, having a lot of friends and a lot of male friends that are in business too, men feel overwhelmed. Women are just better at talking about it, seeking out help. And obviously I'm trying to change that a little bit with like my man morning group and being an example and, you know, teaching guys to have brotherhood around them and people they can lean on. But everybody feels often overwhelmed yeah. in the beginning. And again, when you build up that confidence and you consistently show up and you get more days, months, years under your belt, that feeling of overwhelm starts to go away. But that being said, and this is the part where I feel like you can add a little bit more, we can give some value mm -hmm. to the folks that are listening to right now. What are habits that if you have them in your week, you feel yeah. less overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. And what are habits and and are there any habits that you know, bad habits that mm. if you're doing more of make oh, you yeah. more overwhelmed. So let's talk about what keeps you grounded and less likely to have the feeling of overwhelmed, which is not a bad feeling, like more likely to consume you. Yeah. Well, you were, you just said one thing before I go into that, like as you have more reps in more years and days, the feeling of overwhelm gets better. And again, like I'm pretty early in my journey. I mean, even though B has been out for a year and a half, I've been working on this for two and a half years ish. But once I kind of hit the next stepping stone in my life, what we were kind of talking about earlier, like jumping into the unknown, doing more things, like I've just noticed I continue to tack on more things in my life because I'm just so passionate about everything. So I feel overwhelmed in always like a different way. So one thing I've realized is that okay, I'm always going to want to be doing a bunch of stuff. My life is only going to get bigger with things that I'm passionate about. So I really have to figure out how to deal with this overwhelm. Um, so I think a couple of main things, I know I've talked about it a lot and we talk a shit ton about this on the, the, the hormone, like my weekly Wednesday podcast, Hormone Happy Hour, is for me, sleep is so key. Sleep helps me kind of stay a little bit more grounded. Um, Eating three meals a day, I know, again, sounds super basic, helps me feel grounded. One thing that I'm not doing real good, one thing that I'm not doing a good job on, but I know every time I do do it, it does help my mental health is movement. 
I'm really trying hard to do this more often. That's something that um, I need to continue to prioritize more. There's some weeks that I can do it well. There's some weeks that I'm not, but I know that's um, another one. Let's pause there for one second if we can. Yeah. What do you think gets in the way (laughs) of you wanting to exercise or moving? Because I think a lot of people can relate to this. So what do you find for you? Yeah. Especially because when I met you, you were so diligent I about know. it. I know. And naturally, when you start a business, Ugh, yeah. you're kind of working 24-7. Literally. Right? So what gets in the way of that? I know exactly what get, gets in my way is I'm not planning my days in the right way. And I know that is also something maybe we can talk about is just how important planning is, especially when you want you're, you want to do so much, right? Like I am so passionate about building this business while also maintaining my mental health and overall well-being because I, I don't see a lot of examples of that. Of course, on my podcast, I've curated amazing women who have been able to do that, but I'm super passionate because I have been burnt out sir, most of my life. That's like my d- default is to push myself to the ground and still get shit done, which I don't want to be like that. Um, but I think what is getting in my way of uh, working out is not being thoughtful about my schedule, even though I'm trying to be better about planning because I can manage everything around it. Um, so that, and also one thing I forgot to mention that has been game changing for me, uh, is the past two weeks, typically I'll wake up and just go straight to work, like, you know, catch up on emails, whatever I need to do, urgent stuff. But I have been taking my mornings a little bit slower and listening, reading, having coffee, having breakfast, like not going straight to my computer. And it sounds so basic, but having a little bit of slowness in the morning for me has been huge. And I've been able to incorporate more workouts during that time. I just probably, I'd love to just do a better job in doing that. So it goes back to planning, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to just say like right now, our first two questions, like how have you dealt with imposter syndrome? How are you dealing with overwhelm? Like we're trying to be real about tough topics that are there. And I appreciate you. Yeah, being I real. hope this is helpful. I'm trying to be as like honest. Right. And there's also a lot of joy that's inside of the work. Yeah. You know, there's a lot yeah. of joy that you get. There's a lot of moments of excitement. There's a lot of, you know, it's not. Well, that's the problem when you love what you're doing. Like, yes, I feel overwhelmed. That doesn't mean I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. I'm so into everything that I can't stop sometimes. Like, I feel like I just want to keep going and doing and pushing and moving that it's all beautiful things. But yeah, the overwhelm comes from like a good place, not like, oh, I feel so burnt out and drained, if that's helpful. Yeah. And I think all the habits that you're talking about here, you know, not skipping meals, yeah, eating, especially not skipping breakfast. Yeah. Right. It's kind of funny for like a long time. It was like, <laughs> okay, breakfast is the most important re- meal of the day. Then there was this whole health movement that was like, oh no, breakfast is overrated. And yes. Okay. Bales, cornflakes, all that stuff. Sugary breakfast is definitely overrated. But then it came back to this idea of actually having healthy fat, fiber, and protein yeah. in the morning is super game changing. And it does seem based on the women that you've had on your hormone happy hour and the conversations and the education they do is that women in particular, yeah. where men can get away, and again, there's variance in all of this, some men that are this way, some women that are this way, you know, different people are different. But in general, it seems that the biology of men, which is primarily driven by the, you know, 24 hour circadian rhythm, and there's not a lot of variance inside of that, they can skip breakfast just to have coffee and then eat at like, 12 noon. And I have a lot of friends, guy friends that do great on that. And for a lot of women, it seems again, just speaking broad strokes, especially eating a little bit of something in the morning, especially having on people like Dr. Gabrielle Lyon that you've had on, especially getting in that 30 grams of protein and some healthy fat in the morning does so much wonders to your hormones, keeps you balanced throughout the day. And you're not getting that big blood sugar drop that can drive you know, worry, anxiety, anxiety or anything totally. else. Do you notice percent. that firsthand oh, for yourself? No question about that. A thousand percent. I know I talk about this a lot and even my friends make fun of me. They're like, you eat so much protein. Like it really, truly helps like protein, fat, fiber. Bia has fiber in it. Like I am religious about all this stuff because it really does help the anxiety. And when I don't eat that way, or if I skip a meal, then I eat a meal, my blood sugar spikes, I definitely feel more anxious. I mean, we can talk about, when was it like two and a half weeks ago? I don't know. It was a crazy morning. Like so many people, there was a bunch of fires that were going on. And like, I had to get on the phone with a bunch of people and I didn't, I missed my breakfast and I like had lunch or something. And I, 
I, for some reason, was so emotional that day. I don't know what it was. Do you remember this, babe? Like, and I was just, I was crying. Like, I was really crying. And it, and it wasn't like anything bad happened. It felt like my body was taken over. And as if the feeling that I was feeling was like, as if somebody came up to me and said, Bia is like no longer in business and it's done. Like I was feeling so dramatic. And I, even though I was so emotional, I knew I'm like, why am I feeling this way? And I truly think I had a blood sugar um, spike and I, I didn't eat that morning. So for me, I'm super sensitive. I don't know why that day in particular was more sensitive than you're, normal. You're saying you didn't eat and all of a sudden eat. you ate and whatever you ate that day Wasn't spiked good. your blood sugar yep. and you kind of crashed afterwards. Totally like a roller coaster and Major. that sort of induced a little bit of anxiety or on top of just a busier day. Yeah. yeah. Like I felt like I didn't have the resilience that I usually have when I eat and I'm more regimented about it, but I was extra emotional that day. Um, and it was, it was shocking. Yeah. So I'm very diligent. Like I'm all about dialing in diet because I, I really noticed the, the, the lessening of any anxious feelings and feelings of overwhelm when I have that in place. Yeah. And just for everybody who's listening, it's like, it's totally okay to have any kind of emotions. And we all often try, talk about it is that sometimes you'll, you might be crying and you'll be like, why am I crying? Yeah. And it's like crying is a release. You know, you're totally. having some emotions that are there. And at the same time, it's totally okay to have healthy habits, working out, sleep, yeah. eating, not skipping meals, getting your fat, fiber, and protein, making sure you're not under eating on protein to lessen the impact yep. of these things. So yep. it's kind of like both things. It's It's both to improve all your habits so that you are as grounded as you are and can be, but it's also too any kind of emotions that come up, like there's no emotions that are like bad, all emotions that are welcome. Yeah. I think the challenge becomes sometimes when people don't realize the connection between the two and think that they're, um, that, that their, their constant feeling of being burnt out and run down has nothing to do with their lifestyle. Yeah. And that's, that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are some extreme situations that are that case. But most of the time, getting sunlight in the morning, yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. I know we talk about that every podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Andrew Huberman. Um, so, the, okay. So this went back to the idea of what are the things that you do that help you stay more grounded? And you gave some examples. And, Anything more yeah, you want to say? Can I just say one last thing? Because I'm really now tapped into my body. In my old life, I wasn't. I Even if I felt overwhelmed, I would keep going. Even if I felt emotions, I wouldn't allow them to express themselves. And I would just keep going and working. So... I feel like now I've gone to a place where, which which is great, is like if I'm feeling overwhelmed or I feel some emotion, for whatever reason it could be, I'll release it, I'll cry. And then what's cool is that I'm getting better at bouncing out of it faster. So I don't really, like I'll sit there and, and feel my emotions, but when I really let the emotions out, like fully, I notice I'm able to bounce right back into life feeling much better afterwards. So I'm just sharing that if it's helpful versus like holding it in. Um, so yeah, that's been helpful for me. Have you gotten burnt out in this last year and a half? And if you did, how did you reset? If I've gotten burnt out? Yeah, I think I have micro moments of burnout. Um, there's not like one luckily now, because I'm trying to be really in tune with my body, I know when the red flags start coming versus before I'd see them and I just not really honor it. What's some examples? What are some examples of red flags? You're like, okay, burnout's getting closer. I oh, need to do something. If I feel overwhelmed for a long period of time, I know that's my sign so, to- So that's like a smoke signal. Smoke signal, totally. Because when I feel overwhelmed, my focus isn't in place and my mind goes into more of a fear mode than like- a feeling of excitement and abundance. So I know that is like, I'm tired. I need a break um, and I need a reset. So that is for sure my smoke signal. What are some other things? Um, One you brought up last week is if you catch yourself complaining a lot or being like negative about something. Yeah, totally. If I feel burnout, I'm like I was saying, I'm not as optimistic. Like I'm a naturally optimistic person. So when I don't have that in place, I know it's like, okay, this is a, another Yasmin that just needs some rest or needs a little bit of a break to reset and go mm. back to herself. And I try not to think too much about the the burnout Yasmin because I know it just need I need a little reset and I'll feel good. And I know, you know, I've been doing this more often. And it's kind of crazy how much it's been helping me. And we I actually talked about this with a podcast I did with Jesse Draper. 
But anytime I feel like overwhelmed or even sometimes I get so excited about stuff that my brain is just like racing. It's kind of wild. Like I need to ground myself sometimes. (laughs) Why are you laughing, babe? Because you see it. (laughs) I get super pumped about stuff. It's crazy. And I need to like ground myself because I, I don't feel like focused. And I literally will take an Epsom salt bath. And it sounds so, I don't know why it works really well, but it truly does ground me. And it's like, either if it's 15 minutes, if I, if, if I can swing it between calls or like at the end of the day, maybe sitting there in an hour and just like reading and just chilling, it is an amazing reset for me just to be still. Um, and I feel like being in a bath versus just only meditating is, is helpful for me. You've been getting into like Joe Dispenza recently. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, I mean, he's incredible. (laughs) I'm really trying to, I really want to be in in a place where I have just like, I don't know if this is the right word, like control over my mind because it could play a lot of tricks, whether like we were just talking about burnout and I feel like it kind of goes a different way. So I think like with Joe Dispenza and his work, I'm, I love his morning meditations. I love his evening meditations and it kind of just keeps me aligned with what I'm trying to bring into this world and my mission and not get so unfocused about all the other variables that might be hitting me. So it kind of goes back to like, me being still and focused has always brought just incredible opportunities and I feel good at the same time. So I love Joe Dispenza because everything he says, it's like, I'm just such a fan and believer of. And, you know, I love guided meditations too. I can't really drop into it in silence. So for me, it's been super helpful. All right, let's pivot out of this. And we have some rapid fire questions we're going to get a chance to go through. How do you know how to best prioritize and set up the day? What do you work on first? What do you work on second? What deserves your attention? Yeah. So I think about this a lot and I'm still working on it, but I can tell you what I try my best to do every day. Um, I, I try to plan my week on Sundays so I can get ahead of everything. And like I said, I try to keep my mornings a little bit slower. So I'll wake up around depends 6 30 7 um I'll may you know I'll still look at my phone respond to any like urgent emails but I'll take it a little bit slower no meetings that's a big one I don't do any meetings before like 9 a.m 9 30 a.m so I'll do Yasmin time in the morning work out eat whatever that needs to be and then I'll try to have really focus my attention on what is going to move the business and require more of my attention earlier in the day and stay focused on that. And and then afterwards, kind of do like the secondary things of follow-ups, checking in with the team, following up on people, like more administrative things. But I'm trying my best to keep earlier in the day sacred on projects that will move the needle forward. And then later in the day on projects that, re- that is requires my input to keep the business going. I, I will say that's something I'm still working on. Um, but every Sunday, I map out the main priorities of the business, and I'm trying to f- at least do that every day earlier on in the day. I will say one thing I need to work on is I'm a little over overly optimistic on my schedule. So it's wild. Like I think I can get five big things done in a day, and it is not possible. So one big shift is what is one thing, not three things. Like for me, it's been one thing that is truly going to move the needle. And then the rest of the day is still important stuff, but not future needle moving things, if that makes sense. So talk about Sunday. Let's start there because I want to break it down and kind of tease out some of the things you said. What happens on Sunday? How much time do you spend? And how are you going about this? Do you use a computer are you writing on a piece of paper? Yeah. Do you follow any sort of, you know, methodology? Like how are you planning your week on Sunday? And is it both personal and business? Oh, yeah. Like walk us through that. Yeah. So Sundays are really sacred for me. I really need time. Like I try not to be super busy from a social perspective. On Sundays, I need time to just kind of like be with myself and get into the zone and just slow down a little bit because usually Monday through Saturday, there's a lot going on, work, social, family, friends. But Sunday, I try to just be Yasmin time. And what I have found helpful for me recently is I jot 
everything down on a piece of paper, like all the to-dos that are in my head, like, okay, get back to this person. I got to do this. A complete mind dump. Yes. I write everything down on, on a piece of paper. And then I asterisk things that are projects that I've been thinking about that like really can move the needle forward. Like one thing for us right now, for example, is like retention. There's so much there. And again, this is for me the next level of the business of a lot of unknown. So it's easy not to like focus on that, right? So I literally have to put an asterisk and make sure I schedule learning, thinking, testing, doing all things retention. That's just an example. So I'll put it on a piece of paper. And then I also put a personal piece of paper about what I need to do personally, right? We have weddings, we got to book stuff, I got to get outfits, like whatever I need to do, sometimes nails, because I always forget those things. And I'm typically last minute, and I try not to be because it stresses me out. Um, <laughs> so I'll have a personal and even personal stuff is family stuff, right? Making sure we connect with my mom, see my family, you know, your family and whatnot. And then I'll look at those piece of, pieces of paper, I'll go to my calendar, and I'll just start plotting things out. And that has been helpful. One thing, again, that I'm working on is just not overbooking my day. So really like trying to just keep one big thing in the morning or, you know, morning to early afternoon and then the little stuff more late afternoon. So that is how I kind of do my Sundays. And then I'll do like a quick email session um, as well. But I, I try to just kind of get organized on Sunday. What happens if you skip a Sunday? Oh, man. You tell me what happens. Sunday. <laughs> share. Share with the it's, audience. You know, life happens. We're with family. You know, you're helping somebody with something like this is, you know, you're not always going to have your Sunday or Saturdays in place. And the week feels a little bit more overwhelming. So I, I take it very seriously if I can incorporate at least even like two hours before the week starts, because it makes me feel so much better throughout the day that like my resiliency factor is there if anything happens in the business. So um, I, I feel if I don't have that time, I feel less stable during the week. That's great. All right. Let's go to the next question we have on our list. How long have we been recording for? Just so I have a sense. Um, we have been recording for 42 minutes. Okay, great. Wow, Should we go to an time. hour? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, hopefully great. this is helpful, you guys. Yeah, hopefully it's <laughs> helpful. I think it is just listening from the outside. Um, okay, let's go to this next question, okay? And take it any way you want to because okay. it's, it's quite short. I think these are off of Instagram stories. Yeah. So balancing showing up authentic yeah. and yet also confident like a boss, like showing up authentic, maybe I'll extrapolate and say like if you are overwhelmed, being able to let your team know or the people around yeah. you versus feeling like you have to put it together, have to have it all buttoned up and be together and be a boss that balancing act yeah is that something that you struggle with or do you feel like you no, know it is that's a good question i will say you know i'm curious what other people would say about me but from my perspective i think i really am trying to continue to do a better job just like being who i am and my authentic self and not trying to show up as anybody else and I know that sounds like super cheesy, but even with my team, like if I'm not feeling 100%, I might say, you know, I, I'm going to take like a two hour break because I'm not feeling good or, you know, and especially as someone who is running a wellness company, I want to be an example for the team. Like it's okay to take breaks to kind of recharge and reset. So, you know, I think about that if it's like, should I share that as a leader to people? But every time I think, question it, I'm like, I want to be, I want to be an example so they know that. It's okay sometimes to kind of reset. We're all human. We're not robots every single day. And that's how I used to think. Um, so yeah, I'm really trying to show up as my authentic self. And even with, you know, a lot of people ask me questions like with these incredible women I interview and I connect with and I meet who are friends who are running like $100 million businesses. You know, I try to just be who I am. And I think because I put myself in so many situations, like it's like people respect that. Like people like people can tell when you're being yourself and you're authentic versus trying to put up a front and it doesn't feel good to me. So I just really try to double down on who I am. And I hope that even shows in the podcast. I really try my best. Love it. Um, how do you deal with beating yourself up and forgiveness? Is that something you struggle with? And when you do see that you're beating yourself up, yeah. which is something that everybody deals with, totally. 
how do you let that go and move on? So if I'm beating myself up, that is typically when I'm feeling overwhelmed and not like in the right mindset. So I literally will just stop when I'm doing because I know that my brain has been hijacked and it's like the burnout Yasmin. I'm like, here she is. She's coming to ruin my day and she's doing a great job with it. But I know I cannot operate in that mindset. So I literally will just stop what I'm doing and I will take that bath, go on a walk, try not to be on technology and reset. And mm. sometimes it takes 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes an hour. Sometimes it takes two hours. Sometimes I just need to sleep and like start again the next day. So yeah. That's great. I want to say that that's something that I feel like you've made like an incredible amount of progress on. The idea of mm -hmm. giving yourself that break to feel good first yeah. and then start again. I think that was something that you struggled a little bit with, which by the way, a lot of oh, people I struggle with. with that. So there's people still today that have been running their businesses for years yeah, or in a high power career and are making a lot of money. They still struggle with this, this idea that you always have to be working at the expense of not feeling good. And I think that you're much better at calming the body and the nervous system now, Yeah, not through the mind, but through the body yeah. first, walking, a bath, mm -hmm. you know, working out, doing something to take you out of your head. And uh, I just want to give you acknowledgement for that. Thank you. I've been trying to work on that a lot. Um, and it's been game changing. How do you think about wanting to have kids in the future and us seriously <laughs> now starting to plan and gear up for that and your business. What stuff is there for you related to those? Yeah, I get this question a lot, uh, which is great because I'm very, I'm happy to be honest about stuff. So we talk about this actually often. I remember last year, so it was only like a year into the business or even less than a year into the business. I didn't have help. The business was like still growing. I was figuring things out. And I mean, I'm still figuring things out. But I felt when we would talk about kids and family, I felt super like anxious about it. I remember being like, why do I feel like tightness of a chest? Like I just felt like I didn't have the space or the, I don't want to say time. Like I just felt like, oh my gosh, I'm doing so much for the business. Like I'm barely able to keep up with myself. Like how do I bring another being in this world when I'm trying to still figure it out? And now fast forwarding now, I don't know if it's a function of having help. Maybe it's just me having more processes in place with the business where it feels less like chaotic. Like I try to do a really good job putting like processes in place um, just to kind of make sure like the day to day goes a little bit smoother. And my like team makes fun of me because like I really try to write everything down in that sense. I feel like it's possible. Like I know everybody says it's n this year. I mean, I feel like it's more possible now in this like new stage that I'm in. But I know a lot of women tell me like it, there's never a right time. So of course, I'm still like nervous about it a little bit, but I feel a lot more settled into the idea and I can actually see the possibility of it versus last year I was like just trying to just trying to like keep up with everything that was going on and I was starting. Um, so yeah. Yeah, well, just looking at it and obviously you and I being super in sync with our communication and everything, I think one thing that's there is that because you have you and Kaya have self-funded this business mm -hmm. and got it started, right? There's, you, you chose not to, at least right now, go down the investor path. And that means that you have to hit a certain level before you bring somebody on yeah. as an employee. And on a practical level, I think that one thing that you've always been transparent about is like, how is the business going and how do I prioritize different things? And I think you knowing that we want to start a family sometime in the next you know, year you have prioritized not taking any profit off the table and instead of, instead of hiring somebody mm -hmm. so that you could have more team. And that might mean that, okay, great, you're not taking money out, which I know is also not possible for everyone, right? Yeah. And every business is different in a different stage. And you and I are kind of together choosing to make certain decisions of how we want to organize our life. But you having that help from the outside in one way, even though somebody may look at it and say, oh, well, you're not taking out profit from the business, but in another way, you have surrounded yourself with so much help that when we decide to have a family, it's not going to be this feeling of like, listen, starting a family is 
super overwhelming itself. Right? Yeah, and we'll talk a lot about that when we're there. All the stuff <laughs> when we're there, we'll deal with that and we'll talk about that. So just having a little bit of help to make your business more sustainable, especially because it's self-funded, I think is 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 super courageous. And it's not something that you often hear people talking about all the time. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And like before, if I had you know, we couldn't even travel because I was doing everything. Like I had to physically be in LA to ship boxes. I mean, then it got to a point where we had a fulfillment center, but we were still doing social and marketing. And that's how a lot of people hear about Bia. So if I was out for three days and I didn't plan for it, like that literally impacts a business because we don't have content that brings in people to learn about us to, you know, to run the business. So now at least I can take a breath that like, okay, the world doesn't end. If I'm not around for a few days, I have somebody helping me with operations, somebody helping me with content. So yeah, I mean, we've chosen to every milestone we hit, we've hired somebody. And I actually love that process. I know you joke, like I love hiring people and meeting people and like getting excited and seeing their superpowers. So I was actually just having a conversation with a friend yesterday who like came from the nonprofit world. And she's like talking about how, you know, she has this weird feeling with money and making money as a business. And I was just telling her what is so cool about having a business that makes money and is profitable. I mean, again, like we don't have investors, so we're using every single dollar to put it back in the business. I love hiring people because A, it's fun. I love finding people, putting them, seeing them shine in like what they want to do. And like having a team is just so awesome. I really, really love that aspect. But also like the more team you have, the more of impact you can have. So like making money is a beautiful thing because the more that Bia can make money, the more impact we can make. Because I can't do it by myself. It is way too hard. So it's been a really fun journey. And I just wanted to share that for anyone who is like, I don't know, like I feel bad making money. Like, no, like make that money. When you have a mission-driven business, it's like so cool cool because you get to like impact the world the bigger you get not to mention when you create a job for somebody that's an opportunity to change their life give them experience have Mm -hmm. them have an opportunity to grow and learn and be a part of the mission it's really fun i love it all right what else over here you know we have some random questions (laughs) you know people asking about okay give us how do you break down organic marketing do you want to tackle that? Yeah, I would say, I mean, we can keep it quick, but like, I love Gary Vee. I know I talk about him a lot. So if you don't know him, definitely follow him. He talks all things content, life, business, and I really respect him. Um, organic marketing is just content, right? So a ton of content. I know I talked about this before about Bia, like before we even had a product, we were still posting every single day on social media platforms, just educating women. And now we double down and we do like three to four posts a day. And now we're doing like a YouTube show. So we take that content, we put clips out there. So content is just, you know, what can you do? Maybe it's a podcast, a YouTube show where it's like a longer format platform or whatever, longer format uh, medium that you can chop up clips for. Um, And we, you know, on top of just doing clips, we do a ton of just additional educational posts. So that is for what we're doing, what has really worked in terms of like organic marketing. And yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. And I would say I hear about this a lot on my podcast, like truly word of mouth. That has been the biggest gift too, is like women who are taking a chance, using Bia, seeing an impact to how they feel in their hormones and recommending it to people. And that is just incredible too. That has been super helpful for us. Yeah, which comes from, of course, having a good product, making that product better over a period of time, but just like radically awesome and fast customer support. Oh, Do you major. want to talk about that? That's something yeah. you probably haven't talked about as much on here, but You're talk right. about the role that customer support plays and how you approach it. Oh my gosh. Customer support is everything. I take it super seriously, especially with like a wellness business. People are coming to us with really like vulnerable situations of what they're going through. And I just want to make sure that we're always getting back to them. And even if it's not using our product, like what are resources that are that are helpful for them just to help them on their journey? Um, so yeah, we do like, I take customer service in our community very, very seriously. And we just try to do our best to be there for them in whatever shape or, or form. Anything more on customer support? Like, how are you doing that? Right? Like, and through what vehicles, right? Cause you have yeah. social media, you have help scout. Do you guys yeah, use help, email, help scout? Yeah. So, so what are some metrics that you're using that are your version of like, this is good customer support? 
Right. So let's talk about social media first. Yeah. I mean, so right now for DMs, I we get a ton of DMs. I across the board actually, DMs, emails, and Drew mentioned Help Scout. That's kind of the system that we use to manage our customer service emails. And I use that in the past in another business. But um, I try to get back to people 24 hours at the most 48 hours. Um, so that's really important. So, you know, we have people helping me with that, and that's kind of like the criteria of 24 to 48 hours. And if anything urgent comes through, it's like within an hour, like I'll jump in and kind of help it. So I'm always kind of also keeping my eye out on that. Um, so yeah, I would say we have like a time frame that we stick to and we're super organized about it. Yeah. And I think organized, but you're also like very personable and honest because you're writing the responses and people feel that like when yeah. people DM you, you often will send voice notes back to them and say, hey, it's Yasmin. I'm the founder of the company. I just want to let you know. Thank you so much. Or, hey, I'm sorry you're, you're going through a difficult time. Or, hey, I'm sorry that the product isn't working for you. Here, try these three other things that might yeah. also be supportive. So it's a personal, thoughtful response that comes in. And you are not separating yourself from customer support. You know, customer support can be painful. Oh, it's, right? it can be a lot. But yeah. it's important as a founder to not, separate yourself from that pain because that feedback, mm -hmm. good, bad, mm -hmm. whatever it is, helpful, critical, whatever, it gives you insights on what you need to do to make the customer journey that much better. 100%. And it's actually been tough for me to even like remove myself from it. I would never be fully removed. But I, if I was answering every single email I came through, I probably would be doing that like for four hours a day. It's a lot. Um, so I have help now, but I'm still actively involved. And I think to your point, it's really important for founders to see like, what questions are people asking? What are they bringing up? Like, I always want to have a pulse onto that. So yeah, like if you message us, you probably might get a voice note from me. And like, again, I care, like even when people share, share Bia on our stories, and we now have um, a woman, Lydia, who's helping us with our social content. I even told her like, when somebody shares our product, it means so much to us that they took the time out of their day to take a photo and to talk about us. Like that means a lot. So we have to tell them like how much that means and to share how we feel about it. Like if I'm not in there sending a voice note, like I want the team to know just like how important that is and they all understand. So yeah, it's just like being human and really, you know, I, I just respect our customers so much. So Amazing. Well, I think we covered pretty much everything that came in. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that you want to mention? Anything new you're into? Anything that you feel is worthwhile before we just give some closing thoughts and wrap up? Man, babe, that's a big question. I think we covered a lot. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm going to put this out there. This is a different tangent, but I definitely need help on the podcast. I've been thinking about what that looks like. An assistant, a producer. I don't know what it is, but... You want help to do what? What do you want to do on the podcast? I want to do so much more with the podcast. And it's just a one-woman show right now. I mean, I have help. And I take that back. I do have some people helping me, but... I, you know, I definitely see in the future, like somebody helping me part-time, full-time on all aspects of it, of guest management, um, prepping, organization of everything that I'm up to, posting it, just literally every single aspect of the podcast. So like either like another assistant with the podcast or maybe a junior producer. I think so. Yeah. And again, like I'm not so attached to the role. I always love meeting people and then figuring out what would make the most sense for them and me at the same time. So I don't, I don't, it's half baked thoughts right now, but I'm just putting it out there because I also want to hold myself accountable that I need help with the podcast and I really want to like take it to the next level and I can't do that by myself. <laughs> so we know that you have your business Bia, right? Yeah. Which you reported previously as like a mid fig, mix, mid six figure business, right? And now you have like two, three employees, two, three team members team that, members, are, that yeah. are part of it. And your co-founder, Kea, my sister. Um, for the podcast itself, how have you been? I, I Well, let me know when we can edit this out. I said no editing, but this no, one part, keep it. it's fine. you worked at a startup previously. Yeah. You had some shares in that startup. You then stopped, oh, yeah. you stopped working at that startup. <laughs> yeah. And then your shares vested and the company, the company, sold. the company sold. Yeah. And you got some money from yeah. it. Not like a crazy amount of money. No. Right. Yeah, but, but you got a little bit of money. Yeah. 
And that's pretty much what you've been using to fund the startup, the, uh, the, the podcast. podcast. Because your podcast doesn't have ads besides your own company. No, I pay for the whole thing. You <laughs> pay for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of sweat equity too. Yeah, it's a lot of my time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're talking about like a few thousand dollars here and there. Yeah. Why was it important for you to fund this, even though there's not a clear indication that there's a return on investment financially from the outside, right? Why was it important for you to dip into your own pocket and want to pay for this? Yeah, that was that was really nice to get some money because I'm not taking money out of the business. So when the when that old company sold, it was it was great. I am really like behind her empire is such a labor of love. Like me being able to still maintain it while doing the business has not been easy, but I truly am just so passionate about these types of conversations that it's like, it's worth it for me to put my money behind it. Cause I, I know it's making an impact and I feel so grateful if you're listening to this podcast and you're here at the end of the hour right now, like I just so appreciate you and the emails that I get, the DMs I get, like it really keeps me going and it gives me that momentum to be like, I know I'm up to something. I know I'm helping people. So I don't want to stop it. Like I remember once you were telling me one day, like I felt overwhelmed. You're like, just stop the podcast. And literally just hearing that I was like over my dead body. Like it literally feels like a child of mine that I'm so protective of. And I take it super seriously. So yeah, my money is like whatever I need to do to maintain it. And obviously with the business, I needed some help. So I have an assistant that kind of helps me post, um, set up the emails, you know, do some of the administrative stuff. Cause I was doing all of that by myself before Bia. Um, so it's worth it for me. It's worth it. And honestly, like I, I just, I, I want to do more. I want to impact more. And I feel like getting the right team involved who's excited about this, like we could really take this to a whole nother level and help so many women. Well, just for the record, I was kind of playing reverse psychology. Yeah, which is smart. Share what you were doing. Uh, I was just playing a little moment of reverse psychology. Yeah. I could tell you were overwhelmed. This was early in Bia when this I was, was trying early. to do both. You're, you were trying to do myself. both and you were doing both. Was. It was just overwhelming, which a lot of things are when you fill your cup up really high, right? And then your capacity grows more and you get frustrated, which is a good thing. It pushes you to want to get help. Oh, yeah. There, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I said, agree. okay, great. It's really easy. Just stop doing the podcast. And you had a moment <laughs> which was like, fuck no. I, was like, what I did love you say? the podcast. And now <laughs> yeah. it went from, I have to do all this stuff to, I get to do yeah. these things. So, of course, I would want you to always do the podcast as long as you want to. But just in my defense, so I don't seem like an no, unsupportive husband. Oh, he's not the, un- <laughs> he is so supportive. Uh, Another thing that's there is that even though you may not be making money from your podcast directly, which actually you you probably are now, you're running some ads for BS, so you're getting some people to sign up for that. Yeah. You are making currency through other things. Let's go through a few examples of how, and this is the number one reason that I wanted you, there was two main reasons that I wanted you to start a podcast, right? What was it? Number one is to just find your voice. Yeah. There's no way to find your voice in anything, writing, speaking, whatever business, than to do. Sometimes people think that I'm just going to figure it out in my own room. I'm going to put it all together and then I'm going to launch the world and I'm going to be super famous and my voice is going to be out oh there. My God, right? Yes. It's not like that. You no. constantly put out your voice. Years. You refine, refine, refine years, 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 years. That's what everybody does. The second one was relationships. Let's talk about that because that's probably been one of the most amazing things you've gotten out of the podcast yeah. is relationships. Tell us how relationships is currency in your life. I I mean, I kind of going back to what you were saying, like maybe what are your superpowers? Like what really gives me joy in my life is like connecting with people and relationships. And I was missing that during COVID, which was another reason of why I wanted to do these podcasts as well is to continue to connect with others, share their stories. And yeah, I mean, I think I highly recommend people to start a podcast with whatever you're passionate about, because it gives you an opportunity to meet with people, connect with people that are like in your world, right? In your orbit. Like I have so many different kinds of friends. Not everyone is an entrepreneur. So I have also, as someone who lives in LA, who kind of lives and breathes this stuff, have still actively looking for my tribe in this like new phase of life that I'm in with my my business. So it's been a really amazing opportunity to connect with other people. And I, I always tell people like, 
if you can start a podcast, it takes a lot of time and effort. So you really should be passionate about what you're doing, but really connecting with people who are passionate about what you are. There's no better gift than that. It's really, really incredible. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot lot of of time. And actually, can I just say one thing? I know this is going much over. I feel like it gets juicier midway to the end of the podcast. You should just cut the beginning. Um, (laughs) But I, I got a friend reached out to me and was like, you know, can you share some of your numbers? Like, this is where I'm at a year in. And it takes, I mean, I w- I'm not actively adverse, like marketing the podcast. Like I'm so focused on Bia. I, I just make sure I get this weekly um, episode out for the past like two and a half years. I don't even know. It's crazy. There's been so many nights of hard work, of long hours of sacrifices that people don't see. And my podcast is now a top hundred podcast in entrepreneurship, but it took time it took it took over a year of episodes and not a lot of people listening and me finding my voice to now kind of being like on the map a little bit you know and I just want to share that because it takes that like consistency and hard work of doing things that nobody else sees to eventually kind of like see the progress and the momentum so again it just goes back to like you really need to be passionate about what you're doing and I take that same approach with Bia I'm not expecting like quick wins I'm like I'm putting this work day in and day out to create something of itself and it requires sacrifices like I was at a bachelorette party last night I wasn't drinking I left early because I knew we had to record this in the morning and I want to be on my game and show up as my best self and that's such a silly sacrifice but I'm just sharing because it's like just what has recently happened, but it takes a lot of behind the scenes, consistent effort that nobody sees um, until you start seeing the momentum and you start finding your voice and, and everything. So I don't know. I just went off a rant. But. Well, I just want to acknowledge that sacrifice in you, but more importantly, I want to acknowledge you for putting your story out there, especially with these behind the scenes. You're not telling people that you have everything figured out. You're not telling people that you have the biggest company in the world. You're not telling people that you have some secret way that they're (laughs) going to start making money all of a sudden or grow their podcast. You're giving an honest account of what it's like behind the empire that you're trying to build. And even if that's your corner of the world, that's what your message is to every woman that's listening here today is that you can build your own empire in your corner of the world and create the life that you want takes a lot of fucking work (laughs) and you're trying to show some of that on the on on the behind the scenes but at the end of the day you're also showing that it's worth it totally worth it totally worth it all right babe another episode of q a what do you call these episodes again behind the scenes behind the scenes behind your empire behind the scenes another episode in the books close us out thanks babe well again i appreciate you babe for doing these and you know it's always uncomfortable doing these episodes because I'm like, what do people want to know about me? Like, what can I share? So I continue doing these because of the feedback that I've gotten. And I hope that I'm as open and vulnerable as I can be. And I know I say this in every episode, but I just want to like continue to say it and I hope it's helpful. So let me know your thoughts, what you want to hear from me, what I can be helpful of, you know, email me Yasmin at Behind Her Empire or on Instagram at Yasmin K. Nori. I love, love hearing feedback and anything else that you guys want. Amazing. All right. See you uh, next week. See you next week. Not me, but her. (laughs) 